Assalamualaikum everybody, hope you're all safe, sound and healthy and I'm back with some more updates and developments on what exactly is going on in Pakistan today. So as we know the establishment has been trying to have secret talks with Imran Khan as they've realized their humongous failure uh, in their war with the citizens of Pakistan and um, they first thought that they would try to uh, make Imran Khan uh, save their face by just formally um, asking for forgiveness for whatever happened on 9th May, which Imran Khan vehemently denied. And he's like, you're the ones who want to talk to me. Um, I don't have to listen to any of your conditions and I don't need to save your face, in other words. Obviously, he probably didn't say that in as many words as I'm saying it on his behalf. But anyway, that was the message that was given to the other side. And as things are getting worse and the uh, organizations, the human rights uh, organizations and the constitutional, um, uh, we could say the constitutional evaluation that has been going on by international organizations, they're beginning to sit up and uh, notice uh, the whole scenario in Pakistan. As one of the journalists, one of the Pakistani journalists pointed out uh, and his channel on uh, social media, uh, Google, as we know, Google is a search in engine, a worldwide search engine, and they pride themselves on never getting things wrong. So, as per uh, you know, as, as per uh, their calendar of events, and as as per you know whatever needs to be what as per schedule, you can say, um, they had put the ballot box uh, sign against Pakistan showing that this was election year, because constitutionally, this is an election year in Pakistan. But then Google suddenly realized, hang on, Pakistan's constitution is already thrown out of the window. So we don't even know if there is going to be an election or not. So instead of being wrong, let's just remove it. So they actually removed that election year sign from their uh, site. Uh, which shows, I mean, it really shows that the world is aware of the fact that Pakistan is right now not even a constitutional country at the moment because the constitution has been thrown out the window by the same government that was planted by the U.S. Uh, a government and establishment. So here we are. Uh, now, the uncertainty of Pakistan is known to the whole world at the moment. And as I will again reiterate myself, why is it that nobody has withdrawn their attaches? Why is it nobody has closed down their embassies? Why is it nobody has declared Pakistan a danger to uh, visitations or immigration? So it's amazing. It's amazing. Again, as I said, for the smallest of things, when the world wanted to close down Pakistan, they, they had the smallest of excuses needed to call back their attaches, which they did once or twice, a few countries, uh, just to exploit and manipulate Pakistan. But this time, this is basically them showing and confirming and verifying the fact that they are behind whatever is going on in Pakistan, which is why they are, uh, they have no intentions of removing their attaches or uh, their, uh, they have no intentions of closing down their embassies or consulates in Pakistan because they are the ones behind whatever is going on in Pakistan. And so they're showing their full support of whatever illegality uh, is taking place in Pakistan, the violation of constitution, the violation of the sanctity of law, the violation of the sovereignty of the state. 
these three major violations, which is extremely important for America and the UK, because with these violations, can they take control of Pakistan? So back to now, what else is being uh, cooked up in the mix? Uh, Major Adil uh, Raja uh, is quite famous as a YouTuber now, but actually, obviously, he was originally in the army. His father was also a major in the army, retired. And uh, now the thing about Major is that uh, he suddenly started speaking up for the rights of Pakistan and for the rights of the Pakistanis and for the constitution of Pakistan. He started voicing his thoughts on whatever is going on in Pakistan. And this is why he became obviously even more famous as he very openly voiced his concerns regarding what the army of Pakistan is doing and what the establishment is doing. And he very openly uh, criticized them. And this is why the government, the illegal government in Pakistan, the PDM, they decided to try to use brutal force. Um, and they made a lot of uh, fabricated statements against him through their ministers and through their um, concerned, uh, you could say, members uh, of the within the embassy and uh, within the, the parliament so that they could pressurize the British government to arrest him, uh, to arrest him and send, them, send him back to Pakistan. Now, you need to understand that we have no extradition treaty with England. We may be a Commonwealth country. We may have some of these perks of being a Commonwealth country, but the extradition treaty is not one of those. Um, so with the, England, when they tried this, uh, the, the, the police had no choice due to certain statements made, but to detain uh, Adil Raja for a few hours just to question him and when they were sure that there was nothing to be found they released him so the rumor of him being arrested was totally false but as we know this is a journalistic thing that people do in yellow journalism where they want to always uh, make create high uh, you know headlines so that they can you know uh, which now in social media terms has become clickbait Basically, so these are like clickbaits, you know, so that to force you to click on to see that, oh my God, what just happened? And at the end, it's nothing but rubbish to be read. So that is it. Uh, at the end, uh, he was uh, let go uh, and he made, uh, you know, he he confirmed it himself that, yes, he's free and that it was just a question, uh, just a questioning session where he was interrogated. And after that, he was let go. Uh, which was also, again, confirmed by his lawyer as well. Because the lawyer in the beginning, when he heard that this fabricated news of his client being arrested, he was also quite surprised because in England, you do not kidnap and arrest people, unlike in Pakistan. In England, you have to follow protocols, which means you have to get a warrant and then you have to uh, show the warrant to the person you are planning to arrest. Plus, you have to show that warrant to the lawyer of that person planning to be uh, that you're planning to arrest and so the lawyer had heard nothing so the lawyer was like okay so i didn't get any news so where's this news coming from and then they found out that he was just um asked to come in for questioning that is it um secondly the, they have not only other raja but they have tried uh, to do this with muid pirzada muid pirzada is already under police protection other raja in fact now has police protection from the british uh, because they realize that he actually is a victim and not a perpetrator. And um, there are about four to five other journalists, including Sabar Shakir. And remember, these are real journalists. Moit Pirzada, Sabar Shakir, Imran Riaz Khan, um, 
Arshad Sharif. These were real journalists. These are who we call actual professional journalists who have been in the field for a very long time. Now, we have already lost uh, Arshad Sharif thanks to the CIA and the ISI's joint operation under the command of Maryam Nawaz, uh, who again was under the command of the American establishment. So we have already lost one real journalist. And now we have about five others abroad who were forced to flee the country uh, because they would not stop talking about the truth. And they were harassed and they were not just harassed in Pakistan, but they were harassed even in England. I mean, look at the audacity of the Nawaz Sharif's party that the people who are in England in the, are also conducting illegal activities right under the British government's nose. And this is also something that one needs to question, that how is it that, that Nawaz Sharif uh, has been conducting illegal activities right under the British government's nose and there is nobody to see or stop? But suddenly they were very active when they needed to question Adil Raja. This is one question from me, which nobody can answer. Another question is that, again, if um, England was so concerned about terrorist activities and, and somebody in their, on their soil planning terrorist activities, how is it that they never, ever, ever gave up MQM's uh, leader, Al-Taf to Pakistan, uh, despite the fact that they, it was proven that he was not just a double agent, but he was also a terrorist uh, and that he had used his political party for terrorism? Again, it's because he was given refuge by the British royalty, by the British government, the crown. And the crown has given such refuge to political uh, enemies of Pakistan, the traitors of Pakistan, because these are, after all, uh, going back to England to seek uh, ref refuge because they are essentially double agents that belong to England. I mean, this is the fact here. Um, MKM's leader, Adhaf Hassan, is known to have been an agent of uh, Britain, a spy, a double agent. Navarshif himself, too, has struck a deal with the crown. Um, on the other hand, when Musharraf also uh, left, he went for England because he knew that there was no extradition treaty. And now, the but now for the journalists, the suddenly the, and for the YouTubers, suddenly the British police is very active. Suddenly they remember that they would not allow people to conduct terrorist activities on their soil seriously. You have been conducting terrorist activities in other countries using fifth columnists of those countries and then giving refuge to those uh, very fifth columnists when they come back. So you, there's no denying that this is a fact, whether you would like it to be out in the open or hidden uh, in your closet. So uh, now, so as I said, our government has tried to uh, lay down charges against these uh, journalists like Moik Birzada and Sabr Shakir and three, four others uh, who are not necessarily in England, but some are in America, some are in Canada and some are in England. So, uh, but obviously it's futile. It's futile because first of all, as I just repeated myself like about 10 times, there is no extradition treaty with England. With America, I'm not so sure what the case is. Uh, because with America, it seems that uh, America likes to have an extradition treaty when it comes to getting their people out of Pakistan. But when it comes to returning people to Pakistan, then suddenly their extradition treaty no longer exists. So I don't know what the status is with the Americans. Um, on the other hand, there is another development uh, here, and that is um, 
the mayoral elections, as I promised in the last episode that after the elections, we would see what's what. And it was exactly as uh, was predicted, exactly as we expected. Um, we don't know if Karachi is actually serving as a litmus test for what is going to be the national elections and the provincial elections. But in any case, this was exactly as we expected and exactly as Zardari had announced. Zardari had already announced that whether there are elections or not, it is my people who are going to come into power and my son is eventually going to be the prime minister and I'm going to be controlling everything behind the scenes. So the dawn spoke up and here we are because the dawn just showed us what he meant by, uh, remember Karachi is already under the PPP. Uh, finally, Karachi managed to sever ties with the PPP and go with PTI, but it still couldn't do that because PPP did heavy massive rigging, as we all know. And PPP did, has done it again, but except that this time what they did, as we know, they had already kidnapped 33 members of PTI. And jamaat islami the other political party, which is an international organization as well, jamaat islami uh, as once again, as we know, formed a coalition with PTI, which means if you're voting for jamaat islami you're essentially voting for Imran Khan. And so jamaat islami actually secured the votes and they won the elections, but they were not allowed. Their votes were taken away from them. And uh, Murtaza, uh, I keep on forgetting the man's last name because to me he's not even worth remembering. But Murtaza is, is a person who is a member of the of, uh, People's Party, but he is an unelected uh, member. Unelected means that, you know, you have to be a candidate who gets elected in order to then go on to work for the, uh, to in order to run the elections uh, or, you know, to, to go for the elections as uh, a certain candidate. Now, he was not even elected and yet the, the People's Party members, they all suddenly put their own votes in for him and said, okay, he's going to be the mayor. And they just stuck him there on the mayoral chair. Okay, so we have a violation of elections. We have a selected mayor. We already have a selected government. So why is everybody surprised? I don't know. PDM is a selected government. The Punjab caretaker government has long expired, but it's still sitting on our brains. Uh, Sin, the government, again, is a caretaker government that was long expired, but they are uh, the dawn of mafia. So we have two dawns, two political uh, organizations, two crime organizations. We have the Nawashi's party and then we have the Zardari party and they're both just basically dick measuring at the moment in which uh, so far uh, Zardari is passing in that. So he's showing that he has got a bigger longer dick especially when it comes to Karachi but we're not surprised. But then he also showed that he had a longer dick when it comes to rigging elections in Bagh. Again we're not surprised because again in Kashmir PPP did have some hold before PTI took over. So PTI is still the biggest party, the biggest political party in Pakistan because as again, as I said, its members comprise of the people of Pakistan, unlike these two uh, crime organizations. And now here's another uh, small example, or should I even call it a small example? Here's another huge example of how this government has basically defaulted the country, even though they keep saying it's not defaulted, but the defense minister has begged to defer and he has already called the, the country uh, that it has defaulted. Um, so 
here is a good example of how de how the country has basically come to a default and that is shell yes shell the petrol company that has been in pakistan for 70 years um they have seven more than 70 years basically almost as long as pakistan is so they have said that now they can no longer uh stand uh on their own and they are going to be selling their shares so that is the that is the kind of loss that this giant company has faced that shell is basically selling out its shares i think the same thing is going for escol so remember remember i'll repeat here again remember that the gdp growth was increased all the way to six percent within three years of imran khan's tenure and then within one year of this illegal government stepping in it has become 0.3 percent okay um the imf is basically breathing down our necks but again you know the problem we have with imf is you didn't give us the country the money you gave these people the money you take it from them because we're no longer responsible for all this bullshit okay during musharraf's time we were never even in debt okay who came and started bringing in debts the american minions the fifth columnist because if you want to destroy a country the first way you can do it is to, in order to put it in a state of default is put it in a state of debt and this is what they've been doing every single time they came they accumulated debts they just kept on accumulating debts and in all those uh, all those all that money that they got not a single cent was spent on the country and everybody knows that the whole world knows that even imf knows that so why the frack should we be paying off IMF's debt and interest? IMF needs to get hold of these individuals, put to slap them for a fraud case. And then, you know what? IMF needs to confiscate their private properties and it needs to get its money back. That's the only way it's going to get its money back because we are not responsible for them. And here's another thing. After the announcement of the budget, as we know, this was basically once again just a, a big smack in the face of the public of Pakistan where they're basically given no relief whatsoever despite the grand claims and it is a good example that was given by Saira Bano in her one of her interviews on the on ARY news and that is that here's a very good example of how they're treating the people um, the pensions if you remember in one of my episodes I talked about pensions or maybe I didn't I've been talking about pensions for quite some time because the government has been thinking of ways to um, reduce and or um, completely remove pensions from government service uh, servants uh, retirement packages so in other words uh, they're thinking of completely withdrawing the the whole pension scheme okay for government servants um, now, right now, Radio Pakistan's uh, employees have not yet received their pensions for four months. Okay, it's been four months that they haven't yet received their pensions. And uh, suddenly the government, this, this PDM, this illegal government that we've got that, that calls itself the legal true government of Pakistan, um, they suddenly announced that Radio Pakistan is not even a government organization that it came through uh, through an act or something. I mean, like, are you serious? It's called Radio Pakistan. It's, it is under the government. If it's not, then why were you adding taxes for, uh, for Radio Pakistan into our LESCO electricity bills? 
why did you make us pay for Radio Pakistan through our electricity bills? Explain that to us if it's not under the government. Okay. And number two, if it's not under the government, then why were you making so much fuss about how Radio Pakistan was attacked allegedly by PTI supporters uh, during 9th May? Again, it's not under the government, right? It's not a government organization as per your own words. So why all that fuss? I mean, seriously, who are you trying to, uh, you know, who, ser- who are you trying to kid around at, the, at this point? Who is it that you're trying to make a fool out of? Once again, we need to refer to the GDP growth as an indicator of exactly what this government has been doing uh, in just one year. Um, Contrary to their claims, uh, if we again compare the GDP growth during Imran Khan's time, he raised it up to 6%, and right now we have 0.3%. Not only that, do remember that right now we have the highest inflation in the history yes in the whole history of Pakistan we have now the highest inflation rate ever again this all happened within one year and if this doesn't make you think about what exactly it is that this government has come to do with this country I don't know what does also Pervez Lahi finally gets to meet his wife um, after the uh, Punjab government tried its level best to to not allow that for since the day he was illegally arrested. And I will continue to say illegally arrested because this was an illegal arrest in any case, no matter which way you see it, as his wife has now for the first time ever appeared on uh, on you know on a channel or in the media to also talk about it uh, after finally meeting him. The two main things that we get from her um, appearance uh, and what she had to say, the key points of of, uh, her conversation, or you could say her message that she was giving on his behalf was, number one, um, despite the torture that he was put through in a C-class jail, now their C-class jail is basically an ordinary citizen's uh, jail cell which means that uh, you're treated just like an ordinary citizen and even despite the fact that he is in the c-class jail he has not given any of the facilities that uh, that a normal ordinary prisoner um gets and at the same time as we know he is after all as his wife has clearly mentioned again that he is after all 77 years old and not in good physical condition and because of the way they treated him in jail um, she had to uh, even one day go all the way to the hospital because she was called in the middle of the night at around 1.30 a.m. or so uh, by the doctor who urgently needed his medical reports because he said that he is not in a good condition and I need to know what's going on. So, and the hospital that he was sent to was PIC, which we refer to as PIC. And this is obviously uh, one way or the other under the government. And that is why he was taken to that hospital. The doctor was um, in an urgent need of his medical reports, so she went to the hospital uh, at that time of the the you know of uh, uh, the night, and uh, she was still not allowed to see him. And um, be- before his tests could be completed, 
um, he was again taken away from the hospital and sent back to camp. By camp, we mean the jail site. So he was sent back to prison. And at the same time, um, when she tried to put in uh, an appeal for a visit, um, she was denied. And then the second time when she went there, she was stalled. Um, they kept on making excuses, uh, thinking that she would get tired herself and leave. But when she announced that she would stay all the way, uh, I mean, up until they managed to get him down to meet her, that she had no problems waiting, even if it goes through the night. And then they realized that, okay, she's going nowhere. So then they very openly told her that we're sorry, but we're not going to allow you to meet him. This is why today when she finally got to meet him, so she was relieved uh, because she said, although physically he is not very well, but uh, mentally she has never seen him as sharp and strong. Um, basically, she's talking about his faith, uh, his faith in God and his faith in, uh, you know, in his stance so she according to her she has never seen him so determined and so uh so much with such strong faith ever before in his life and he says that so here's the key point now the key point here is um that he is still going to stick with Imran Khan and PTI and the second key, the second key point uh, that she needed to give out, uh, uh, that she needed to point out, was the conditions in which the people are being kept in jail, and she wants to know why. We all want to know why. Why? I mean, as she said, just somebody come and give me an answer. I am here in front of you for the first time in my life. I have come in front of the camera just to ask you people. What exactly did he do that you have arrested him for? Give me a clear answer with clear evidence. Just tell me what it is. And so that is what we are all asking. But of course, we are asking because we already know what it is. What it is, is that they just want to torture every single person who is um, a part of PTI or who supports PTI or, he, or who is a member of PTI or a voter of PTI. They just want to torture everybody. But that again, as I said, that means you're basically at war with the country itself because the country is with PTI, the public. And again, by the country, I mean the public, not you idiots who think that you are the owners of the state, but the actual owners of the state, which is we, the public, we are with PTI. So when you declare a war against PTI or against Imran Khan, you have actually declared a war against the people of Pakistan. Now you need to see how that ends. So now we basically have three major questions that we need to ask, um, both ourselves and the international forum. Number one, are you going to sit up and actually do something about Pakistan's certain individuals uh, violating the constitution of the country, violating international laws, violating human rights, violating uh, the sanctity of law. Is anybody in, in the concerned international forums and platforms and organizations, aren't they going to actually start doing something about it or not? Is Australia really going to take steps towards sanctioning these individuals or not? Um, the U.S. government obviously has just shown its involvement in this whole scenario. So has the U.K. government. Uh, 
the fact that the UK government was uh, never ever ready to even interrogate Nawaz Sharif or Altaf Hussain despite the fact that there was huge evidence against them that they were wanted for treason as well as for uh, fraud, embezzlement and as well as for terrorism and yet uh, when these, when the illegal unelected government that is already expired uh, when this government of Pakistan demands that they detain and question journalists and YouTubers um, with no real evidence except just written claims of them being involved in anti-state uh, activities and suddenly uh, England obliges them by uh, detaining uh, Adil Raja, the YouTuber, uh, you know, just to interrogate him seriously. Seriously, is this how you're going to play it, England? You do realize that you're courting your own doom. America and England really needs to realize, they, both of them, they really need to realize that they are courting their own doom, they're courting their own death. And it's coming very soon. Because the more you uh, screw with the mass of any country, uh, the more you screw with the mass of your own country. It really is as simple as that. Newton's law. Keep that in mind. The law of physics. Okay. So this is me signing out. Take care, everybody. Ciao, ciao. Khuda Hafiz.